Karen Garrahy and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. And before we get to my guest today, tickets are on sale now for The Laughs of Your Life Live on Wednesday, the 12th of April, 2023. And as this is our final show of the season, so sad, this is your final reminder to get your hands on some tickets. You can get them on boardgoshenergytheatre.ie and ticketmaster.ie. Of course, there's going to be fabulous podcast guests, but we'll also have amazing live music and plenty of other surprises. So if you want tickets for yourself or as a Christmas gift for someone else, head on over to get them now. Okay, on to today's guest. From their first memories of laughter, to feeling laughed at, to their no laughing matter moment in life. And then you have the hormones and you have a a lot going on. It was just, it was a really, really emotional time. And now, Darren, I've been trying to get knocked up since I'm 17. Like, I've always (laughs) wanted to be a parent. Stop! Oh yeah, I was ready. I am very excited about this one for the final pod of the season. It's my soon-to-be Dancing with the Stars co-host, the one, the only, Jennifer Zamparelli. We chatted about our Dancing with the Stars prep, if she'd still be bold enough to take on a Republic of Telly red carpet, and feeling like she's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. This season of The Laughs of Your Life is once again brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco. Pop in for the weekly shop and step out in style with a new wardrobe this winter. Give me a C. C. Give me a H. H. Give me an R. Okay, sorry, you don't need any more hyping from me at this stage. It's very much underway. The Christmas lights are twinkling. The Christmas parties are in full flow. The Tesco turkey and ham pre-orders are flying in. It is so here. I, for one, am making up big style for a bit of a balls of a Christmas last year. We are celebrating two of them this season, so no half measures. Am I right? FNF have 25% off all Christmas jumpers for club card members starting Monday the 5th of December and running all the way to Monday the 12th of December. Don't miss out. And now for my chat with Jennifer Zamparelli. I hope you enjoy. Jennifer Zamparelli. Yeah. You are extremely welcome. Finally, you asked me. <laughs> it's like, it's getting embarrassing. It's like, is she ever going to ask me to do the podcast? You are extremely welcome to the Last Your Life podcast. And you know what it was? I kind of was like, it's just too obvious. Yeah. I think we need to just wait. Yeah, this is the perfect time. I think this is the perfect time. Because you've nothing on, Darren. Like, <laughs> we've nothing going on at the moment. Absolutely no rehearsals. Nobody pulling at us from every angle. We are, like, free as two little birds in the forest. <laughs> I Honestly, it wasn't until you kind of drew my attention to it this week. Okay, obviously, people say to me, like, oh, Darren, you do lots, blah, blah. And then we were mid-photo shoot yesterday. Yeah. And I had told you what I had on this week. And we were mid-pose. And then you kind of like muttered and it was like you were going through my schedule trying to get your head around it. Yeah, I couldn't. I can't <laughs> believe how busy you are. Uh, I know you have uh, sisters, but I just want to tell you I'm your sisters now because I feel very concerned about the amount of work. You you can't say no. You're one of those people. You can't. You just can't. I know you can't, but you have the energy and you're well able for it, which is grand. But I just feel like I need to text you every now and then yeah. and go, get a snooze in. Yeah. Do, will you do that? Yeah. You might have a window here, get a snooze in. Have you always been good at saying no or is that something you've had to learn now? I've learned that in the last uh, five years. See, there you go. So you were me. Absolutely. Absolutely killing myself for gigs and jobs and run around. And and a fear that, you know, if you say no, you won't be asked again. All of that. But I had the energy and like you, I loved it and I still love it. But I'm, I suppose with kids now and with the parents getting a bit older, do not put that in. They will kill me. (laughs) They, uh, I just, I just, I'm, I crave balance. Do you? I do. I'm, I'm very aware. My, my time is really precious. 
Yeah. You know, and that's not in an arrogant way. That's just no. like, like now I wouldn't miss my sister's wedding because I was on a TV show. But oh yeah. When you think back on that. I was like, and nobody pulled me aside. Go, what the fuck are you doing? But were they all bitching about you behind your back? That was a shotgun wedding. You know, thank God she's still with them. But they, um, they just, they, the gigs were so, it was like I was on this road and things were going well and. I was missing out on loads of stuff, family occasions. I wouldn't do that now. I never Would you not? No, I, I just wouldn't. I always prioritize that now. Well, I actually heard you yesterday as we were doing an interview. So we had the photo shoot and then interview with it. Even your Christmas plans sound so lovely and family oriented. Mm. And that's obviously something that you've prioritized now. Yeah, I suppose I just want to, I just want to relax and chill out. As you know, <laughs> January is going to be a very busy time and I'm going to be the visitor at Christmas. Amazing. I, I won't take a pot out of the press. No, but <laughs> I'm going to be a visitor in, I have uh, shamed my friends across the road to, I was like, you better be making me dinner or breakfast because I did the, uh, the Halloween party. So I'm going there for the breakfast and I'm going to the sisters for the dinner and I'm just going to be going around getting my glass Unbelievable. topped up. So can, I'm excited. Can we give a shout out to Sandra? Because I heard you were, that's yes. where you're going for Christmas. We won't even, we don't even need to say her surname. Just Sandra. She's a glam bitch. Well, she's the poshest friend I have. Yeah. <laughs> and when she is all glam in her nice car and her extensions always has her nails done uh, around the estate I look like someone who's about to rob my house you know <laughs> with the night air mags and the hoodie that's me and she kind of gives me lessons on how to be a Southsider she is so posh she introduced me to a thing that I never knew existed which is uh, air fresheners for your dishwasher <laughs> do you ever so she's that posh. Like I went into her house, I was like, this is, your house smells amazing. She was like, oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. You need to get the dishwasher. Air fresheners, they're phenomenal. I was like, you are so feckin' posh. So I'm going to her house for breakfast and that is going to be amazing. 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 That's the side yeah. through and through. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jen, we need to start with our last year life questions. Let's do it. Jennifer Zamparelli, yeah. your first memory of laughter. This was such a difficult one to decide on because I have no me- no memory <laughs> prior to 1998. So <laughs> I just blocked it all out because I'm the youngest of six. Yes. Uh, we were in a three bedroom house, eight of us with one bathroom. So, you know, there was, it was tight. <laughs> um, but there was one thing that really stood out and that was, and it's very apt, I suppose, for this time of year, uh, the Christmas panto. Right. Right. Down at the Baldoyle Musical Society. Were you an avid attendee? I was an avid attendee, but my mother set up that musical society back in like years ago with, uh, you know, people in the community just for something to do. And it's now this thing. But I remember going and the sound of the orchestra warming up. You know, the smell of humanity in the school hall, <laughs> the plastic chairs. And I remember the two funnies coming on. They were Spick and Span or Bill and Ben or whatever stupid name they gave them. And just be howling, laughing at them And as a kid. You know, you're so small, you're, your legs aren't even touching the ground. And you're looking up at these people. And it's really, it's slapstick, stupid, you know, tailored for me, tailored for kids and really engaging. And I absolutely loved that. And I still love Panto. Do you? I know that's a really uncool thing to say. And I, I, I feel like it's, it's so something... uncool. No, it's yeah. not even uncool. I just feel like you wouldn't like it. 
Yeah, but it just brings me back to that time. And I okay. love taking my kids to the panto. We go to the Gaiety panto every year and whatever other panto is going on, the Baldoin Musical Society panto, I have to give a <laughs> shout out. And we go to the panto and I love the silliness of it. And it's so stupid. And it was just, and you'd have just all the kids just mesmerized by the two funnies on the stage, just falling over each other and saying stupid things and singing songs and and that was probably my first memory and gave me the love of probably the that's, stage. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Is that where it was instilled? Yeah, because my mother would be big into the amateur dramatics, uh, still is to this day, you know, um, and flat out with the Amdram. But I did. I loved all of that. And I never forgave her because there was one particular show in the Baldwin Musical Society and they needed kids um, showboat some something I don't know what it was I can't remember the show and I, she wouldn't let me do it because I was making my communion on the Sunday uh, no devastated would you have given Cried up the communion myself <laughs> to say well I'm an atheist now I think because of it but I was so <laughs> devastated I was like this is my chance to be a star (laughs) to be a star in St. Mary's school (laughs) on the stage and I wasn't allowed to do it and I was devastated but I definitely always want and then I got you can join when you're 16 and I got to um, be in the chorus and dance and and it was just such good crack you know you have that camaraderie when you're in a show and absolutely loved it and out of the six of you how many were into that kind of thing or was it just you? We all had, we're a very musical family. Are you? So we play piano, they're singers, you know, they all did their stint in the in the uh, musical society, but I kind of was the only one that went on uh, any further. All very business-minded. Yeah. So a lot of us have set up our own businesses and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, entrepreneurs, I would say. There's a lot of that in the family, not so much the razzmatazz. And where did that come from? So your dad was a guard? Yeah. So where do you think the the businessy the businessy it came from an absolute drive to get out of that house at a very young age really oh dying to get out I mean my sister was in London when she was sixteen uh, living in London by herself we just it was just that time I suppose yeah. for them it was the eighties I mean my Christmas memories because I'm the youngest of six but there's a huge gap between me and my next sister and my memory of Christmas is going to Dublin airport and waiting for them to come home from New York and London and wherever the fact they were yeah. but they all left so early to find work um, and are still in the States you know three five years later mm. okay Jen Go the on. first time you felt laughed at it's a, it's kind of a cr- more of a cringy moment uh, I was on The Apprentice with right. Alan Sugar yeah and if you you know the show, there's always a time where he gives out a task or he's, you know, doing a big speech. And we were filming and I was in a room full of all the production and all the other uh, contestants, whatever the feck you call them, candidates, whatever. And I high-fived him in the middle of it. Now, he wasn't going to give me a high-five. He was waving us off. But I committed. <laughs> oh, no! I committed to the high-five. I was like, oh, oh, no. Oh God, where do I go from here? And everybody was just roaring, laughing, and I, I just wanted to die. It's horrible. That is the worst. It was horrible. There is nothing worse than being no. left hanging. No, totally left hanging by him as well. Oh, oh God, it was cringe. Yes, that would have been another one. You have spoken very openly about your time on that show, mm. how it was for you. Mm. Not really the best memories. No, I am allergic to reality shows. <laughs> Are you though? Yeah, because that was a real eye opener. It was, you. I really didn't expect to be thrown into to that kind of a world. I mean, 
they had a pantry and they used to feed us and it was just filled with like Skittles and whiskey. That was your nutrition. That was our nutrition. So there was a, there was a thought process behind that, that if they're demented, they'll do stupid things and say, say stupid things. And that would be great telly. Also, we were sleep deprived, which I had a real issue with. Also, I got athlete's foot because there were 17 people having the same shower and somebody had athlete's foot. (laughs) Oh, you didn't? I did, yeah. What, is that like gunk between your toes? No, it's like really itchy uh, heels. (laughs) That's so gross. It is rank. And that's, what, so people are like, what did you get from The Apprentice? I'm like, athlete's foot. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Oh, it's God. Awful. So it was a very traumatizing and I wasn't ready for the level of fame when I came out. I mean, there was a point when we were in a nightclub, like for a rap party and a photographer tried to take a picture of my skirt. And Lau, who's quite um, a, a reserved character, he's not an angry guy, uh, was nearly put in jail because he went from Because he was with, yeah, well, the photographer... And put a camera up my skirt to get a picture of... So you were with Lau at the time? Yeah, I was with Lau at the time, yeah. Had you met him before The Apprentice? Yeah, just before. We okay. met in 2006. Uh, I'll never forget it because Italy won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we met in 2006. But we did the long distance thing for a long time because he did that awful thing that you don't want to hear. And that is we got together and I was madly in love and I was telling, I was telling my mom, this is it. I'm mad about this guy. He makes me laugh. We have such good chemistry. And he, you know, he worked in insurance. He had his own car, his own house. And he came to me one day and he was like, I'm selling everything. I'm going to drama school in London. <laughs> no. It was horrific. Oh, God. It was horrific. I was like, really? Right now? So then he sold everything, quit his job, went as a mature student, got into arts ed, which is a real film school. Yeah. Got into arts ed for, you know, the four-year course or whatever it is. And it was devastating. So we did the long distance thing for a long time. And then I was in The Apprentice and then moved home and... And it took a long time for me to get him here. Yeah. But I got him here. I was only thinking about that the other day. Mm. Like the fact that he's here, you're like you're fully, your family is here. That's it. Yeah. That's where your lives are going to, you know, your lives are here. My life, our lives are here. Yeah. His, I mean, I would be quite open to going somewhere else. Would you? Yeah. Just for a bit of a change of scenery or for the kids or whatever, but... Oh, he wouldn't move. Would he not? Oh, no, 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 no. He loves the local butcher and the chats with Paul Lynham and the local shop and the lads and the boys. He's very comfortable now. And he loves Ireland because there's a real sense of community, uh, you know, wherever you park yourself, which is great. And he loves that about Ireland. Absolutely loves it. She got his passport and everything. Stop, he sorted. Yeah, well, this was the big test. It was like, okay, the World Cup is on, right? Let's just say England, Ireland, imagine Ireland are in it and Italy, who, who are you supporting? So be Italy first, yeah. then Ireland, then England. I said, you're a winner. That's great. You can stay. He's very much part of the community. Yes. But there is something about the South Side as well, isn't there? Like when you get familiar with the low, wherever it is you're living, yeah. it is a fab part of the world, actually. We love it because we're very close to the mountains and I'm a hiking yeah. wanker now. <laughs> I have the boots <laughs> and the trousers. Do you so, have Ross Purcell's range? I don't because they're like 25 euro for a beanie. <laughs> so, <laughs> But it's sustainable, Jen. It is. It is. My head is grand. Um, 
so I so we're very close to the mountains we're very close to town we're very close to everything and he really he's a bit of a city boy he likes he likes people and being around people so uh, it's close enough to the countryside for me that Love it. He, he's happy so it's great okay yeah. Jen the moment when if you didn't laugh you'd cry I'm going to say this because I know he won't be listening because he doesn't know how to work um, Spotify or Apple or wherever. Um, <laughs> we got married in 2014. We had a lovely wedding in Castle Leslie. And it was a very intimate affair. There's only about 73 people because uh, I'm a scab and got married on a Thursday. Dead right. <laughs> Dead right. Save a few quid. But anyway, Lau has a very blended family. So his stepfather-in-law has been in, in his life for... 15 years. Chris, we call him Poppy. The kids call him Poppy, whatever. He's a gorgeous man. He's very artistic and does beautiful art, but some of his art can be questionable, you know. He wanted to get up on our wedding day and give a speech and give us something very special. Now, Les' mom was like, he's very nervous. He might cry. It's very sad. He's been working on this for ages and I was like oh my god is it a painting what is it she's got it incorporates Lau's childhood it's beautiful you're gonna love it so he stands up on the the speeches he starts crying he gets really emotional and he presents us with an ostrich egg hand-painted of it's Star Wars and Leo is Han Solo and I'm Princess Leia. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. On an ostrich egg. On an ostrich egg of all things. Like I have the buns. No. Yeah. Leo has a sword, our faces and our favorite wedding picture is me and Leo. And we're like this. Just roaring, laughing with the egg. And I it was awful because he put so much work into it. No. And it was half, this is hilarious my laughter and it was half how the fuck am I going to get rid of this like <laughs> it was like do I have to put this on the mantelpiece no do I how do I what do I do this is going to have to be on show every time they come around and it's horrific and it's <laughs> frightening so that was that was awful on his part but I mean it was beautifully done but I couldn't understand why I had to be Princess Leia I know he loved the used to like Star Wars as a kid or why the ostrich egg <laughs> with, a little, with a little stand little stand so yeah we, thought we laughed a lot you should try that hairdo for Dancing Stars what do you think two buns I think yeah that might work no one would be able to hear anything I'm like huh what's going on Darren before you came in uh, myself and the lads were looking at just some of the most iconic Paholi Catelli clips just for the crack uh, to refresh our memories of your genius. And so I'm Are you sure... you trying to get me cancelled? No, I'm not. Absolutely not. All I was do say... not look at those clips. <laughs> all, Whatever you do. All I was going to say was, I'm sure on that job, you had many, if you didn't laugh, you cry moments. I mean, you, yeah. were, you were very much thrown in the deep end with certain things. And I'm sure there's stuff that didn't air. Yeah. That maybe... Well, was... to give you a bit of... Uh, behind the scenes goss uh, myself and Neil Delmer weren't the best of friends <laughs> so no he I think he always wanted Maraid in there but I was there right first Grant <laughs> and they I I remember uh, them trying to fire me stop yeah and I was like well how about we do this why don't you let me go do a, a Dennis Penn's type you know 
Mairead can do the studio bits and I'll go and do red carpet. I didn't care about the studio. Let me go and do red carpet stuff and have yeah. a buzz and, and do that kind of thing. Now, it's it's not a new thing. It's been done before, but it hasn't really been done in Ireland. And that kind of just took off because we were able to go to the GQ Man of the Year Award, all these huge events in London because they didn't know what we were at. Yeah. And we originally went with an RT mic because people kind of, and in Ireland, people trusted that. Of course. Trusted the brand. <laughs> of course. Second Egypt. <laughs> and then when that mic went in their face and I said something that would, you know, shake them up or it was a little, well, it was completely inappropriate. <laughs> they're really taken aback. So we got away with it for a long time, a long, long time. Um, it was the most fun. It really was. Looking back, I do cringe. I do. I look back and go, how did I do that? And could I do that now? Could you? Would you do you think? I No, I don't think I could. I don't think I could do it now. I think I've gone soft in the old age. I, yeah, but it's it's society as well. And it's what? It's society. It, times have changed. I have made a public apology. So if you do look back at those videos, you can't cancel me. <laughs> you've, because you've I it. think I've covered myself. <laughs> but people always bring up the Grania Shoga clip when I told her that... Um, did she ever want to gouge out her own eyes because her show was terrible? Like, that's a horrible thing to say. I know. It's a horrible thing to say to anybody. But it wasn't, it didn't come from a place of hate. No. I love the woman. I think she's iconic. It came from how she going to react to this. Yeah. That was my brief. Go out and ruffle feathers and get a reaction from people. That was the brief. That was the only brief. Yeah. You know, so we went out and we ran amok. And I do think as well, like I would get with doing impressions or whatever as well. And as well, because Ireland is so small. And mm-hmm. so the people I do <laughs> impressions of, generally, I end up being in the same room as. And they, some of them dodge me. Some of them are sound about it or whatever. But And then sometimes I'll get hate from people online saying like, you're a woman hater. You're doing it because you're jealous. Men don't get that. And I don't, and I don't want to make this a whole like, women get it. But like, does Mario Rosenstock get told he's jealous? Probably not. Doubt it. Probably not. Yeah, it it is a thing. And it's a thing in this industry that is very hard because they're always trying to pit women against yeah. one another, you know? And sure, we're bracing. Our, I mean, we'll get that. I said that to you. I said, <laughs> wait for the headlines. They're yeah. going to be there. And, yeah. you know, it's just, a, a, it's a, a thing that they do. And that is heartbreaking because the country's too small. Yeah, you know, and like you said, we're always in a room together at, at some stage, and I have the utmost respect for for anybody, any woman, especially in this industry, because it's not easy, and there's not a lot of gigs out there, no. you know. And we're all kind of vying, and well, we're not fighting. There is a camaraderie. There definitely is, even though we, you probably don't see it or hear about it. There definitely is. Yeah. Okay, Jen, your no laughing matter moment in life. When I was thinking about this. I just immediately took me back to uh, a moment where I felt so alone, but I wasn't alone. And this was in Hollis Street Hospital five days after I'd given birth because I had Florence, I had a section and I was in the hospital. And when you have a section, you stay in a bit longer because you're so sore and there's a lot of work there that has to be done. Anyway, I remember the midwife, the nurse coming in and saying, you really need to leave now, <laughs> Jennifer, you know, you know, you've been here for five days. And I remember, wh- I remember crying so hard. I was like, no, 
I'm not, I'm not, I can't. I don't know what to do. What if something happens in the middle of the night? What if I don't know what to do? I felt, because people always talk about, you know, when you have a child, you won't feel, you. it's a love that, you know, it's phenomenal and you won't experience that kind of love. I mean, I felt love like that. I've never felt fear like that. Oh, I was like, I have to keep this alive all by myself. That with Lau, maybe, you know, we have to keep this alive. And I don't, I just was shook after it. And just going into the wilderness of motherhood. And I wasn't depressed. And it was just a moment where I was so fearful of taking that step by myself. And I was, they're so good. And they look after you in the hospital. And I just was like, I I don't know if I can do this alone. I remember wailing, crying, begging them, Darren, go. One more night. (laughs) What's it going to (laughs) cost? Anything, anything. Loud, get the checkbook. Anything, please let me stay. I was just so reliant and dependent on them. And that's just first time mother nerves, I suppose. And hormones. And And hormones and all that kind of stuff. Um, But that did settle. And the child is still alive so we're doing okay she's She's still doing good she's thriving she's still doing good but I think you probably have spoken to and encountered um women on your show through whatever stories that you might have or topics you might have on the show and I think in recent years it's just so much more open and, and women are so much more open about their experiences you know with postnatal or whatever it might be and thank god for that because as you say People would have always just been like, oh, but you're the most amazing. Aren't you blessed? Yeah, and it is, but it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, and it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I felt totally out of control. I didn't know what I was doing. And it's okay to say that, Mm. you know, and then you have the hormones and you have a a lot going on. It was just, it was a really, really emotional time. And now, Darren, I've been trying to get knocked up since I'm 17. Like I've (laughs) always wanted to be a parent. Stop! Oh yeah, I was ready. I was ready in that secretarial course. I was like, I'm secure. You know, I know how to type. Let's do this. So it wasn't like it was something that I didn't want. I wanted this. And I had what people call a geriatric pregnancy. I mean, I was over 34. So I was ready. I was so ready. But there was a moment of, how do I do this? Mm. You know, am am I able for this? Am I going to be okay at this? Am I going to be good enough? Yeah. And I never forget that moment. But it went, thank God. And now I'm fucking amazing at being a mother. There you go, Jen. There you go. (laughs) Okay, Jen. Yeah. The person you always laugh with. I'm going to have to say my husband because Uh I do. Well, I spend a lot of time with him because I'm married to him. And (laughs) he does genuinely make me laugh like belly laugh he's always playing pranks on me uh there was an incident a couple of weeks ago where he would get the leftover spiders from halloween the little plastic ones and he kept putting them around the house and i kept falling and i'm terrified of spiders so i would have an absolute conniption and he would just think it's hilarious (laughs) so there's always pranks but i knew he was the man for me when the fur like we were dating for a while but then the first night (laughs) you don't have your hockeys here ready to go (laughs) I went into the bathroom, I came out and just to break the, and to make me laugh, he was standing in his underpants. We had like a fancy dress party and he had like a sheriff badge on his boxers and he's wearing one of my cowboy hats. And I was like, 
I'm going to marry this man. Oh my God, I love that. I'm going to marry this man. Because that is the key, I think. I, if you can laugh in those it, moments. Isn't it the key? I think, yeah. it, I think it probably is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jen, a time where you had the last laugh. Now, this doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't. How come? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't ever feel like I've come out on top a, a lot, you know. But I was banned from the IFTA red carpet. Stop. Yeah. Why? Surprising. Why? Uh, <laughs> because we kept going and we do the decent ones. Like we do the film ones. You know the way they have the TV and then they have the film ones where, you know, they might get Colin Farrell, all the big stars. Yeah. And we would go and we'd run amok and be quite rude to them and <laughs> uh, get great footage for Republic Italy. So we were kind of banned and not allowed to go there. But then two years later, I was up on stage accepting an award for best comedy. Well, there you go. Not bad. That's, I like that. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't just my award there were two other writers and producers I have to say uh, Jason and Bernard of course but that was a real pinch me moment because we thought okay we thought we might get away with one series of Bridget Naiman but to do another one and then another one I mean it was crazy and we weren't just rocking up to set and we, we produced it we wrote it we were in it it was a mammoth task and we had such visions for the daftness of it yeah I mean like the budget just wasn't there for it but I felt very privileged to be in a situation where I was able to meet some of the greatest Irish comedians like Jason Byrne was in it Deirdre O'Kane was in it John Caleary you know Norma Sheehan we had such amazing Elner Tiernan great cast great cast and they're just funny bones just naturally funny people you know so it was uh, a very special moment but a very uh, tiring and emotional time because I just had a baby as well like I I often think about you bashing out the babies and and, and getting back to it like yeah when you look back on that does it seem does it feel mad that you did that yeah well that goes back to yeah your time being precious yes yeah yeah because I was back I had Florence and I was back in radio, uh, you know, I think a month later. No. So. Yeah, the lads in the studio would be on boob watch. See, so as soon as I started leaking. <laughs> Stop. I'd have to run and sort it out. One month. Yeah, it was crazy because it was a new show, Darren. Uh, so how new was it? It was, oh, geez, we we're only on air a couple of months. Were you? Okay. You know? So there's a pressure to keep that going. There is. And. Fierce pressure, actually. It fierce pressure and you don't want to be the one to let the team down and this is a new thing and but they're very supportive and luckily you know the boss and and Keith and and they're all very supportive but I did feel a huge pressure to go back how did you manage and getting up in the morning and leaving well luckily and I could only do it because of Leo and he was off so he took a break in his career and looked after Florence and he turned down gigs through that whole period and now he's saying yes to everything and I'm left doing all the pickups <laughs> and all the stuff. But you just have to. I mean, I couldn't do it. No. I mean, I'm fortunate. I was only fortunate to do that because I had that support. I mean, I couldn't do it otherwise. Okay, Jen, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, what would be? I'm going to say nature because that's what my therapist told me a couple of months ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a very public meltdown. Uh, I'm pretty sure on the Dear to O'Kane show, I told everybody I lost my mind when I turned 40 and lost my mind in lockdown. Absolutely. Because my birthday was April yeah. and we got into lockdown and I um, I didn't deal with that very well. I felt so out of control. 
I felt like I wasn't going to see my family again. They were in the States. I didn't know what I was doing. And when I turned 40, I started to ask myself huge questions like, should I be doing this? Should I, you know, maybe I should be in Wicklow, you know, grow my own veg <laughs> and just have a load of dogs and have more kids. And I, I was just asking myself these huge questions. And I did go to a therapist and she was like, go for a walk for fuck's sake. Like, just get out. <laughs> get out into I was like, what? What is this revelation? Get into nature. And I did. I'm a hiking wanker now. And I... I started to walk and get out. And, and, and that for me is medicine, just getting out into nature. What about a few drinks? And a few old gin and tonics does I mean, not do anyone any harm. We had our first ever drinks together last Friday and to say it was carnage. Did the dog. We did the dog. Yeah, we did the dog. Well, when I, I died. Was, absolutely <laughs> died. Right. It was awful. I knew it wasn't going to go well after my second gin and tonic. We said we'd have a little glass of wine with dinner. And you said, uh, so when you're blank, uh, New Zealand, do you have that? <laughs> and we drank it like it was water. And then we had margaritas and I All was sick long. for two days. Yeah. And the next day I was like, that goddamn salmon salad. Salmon. I was, it wasn't the salmon. <laughs> Pretty sure it wasn't the salmon. I'm pretty sure it might have been the tequila and the margaritas. But anyway, we, we, we enjoyed ourselves, Jen. We had a great time. It's the main thing. Jennifer Zamparelli, what is the thing about Ireland that makes you laugh? It makes me laugh... Okay, I I think Irish people are great at saying things that they don't mean. Like we ask people how they are, but we don't we don't care. <laughs> We're like, how are you? How are you? How are you? What? Sorry, you're stopping and telling me I don't actually have time for this. <laughs> Just tell me you're grand. We say, oh yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm grand. Yeah, it's a great one. Like that can mean whole, a load of things. Yeah. Generally means I'm dying inside. I'm grand. <laughs> you know, I'm grand. But the hell yeah is brilliant because if you do that, when I lived in the UK or I lived in Belgium for a while, if you do that in other countries, people really tell you how they feel. Yeah. And I don't really care. I don't, I don't care. I'm a busy bitch. <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay, Jen, your quick fire round. Are you ready for this? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. The actor that always makes you laugh. I know a lot of people go for Will Ferrell on this and I would normally say Will Ferrell uh, because I met him and he's phenomenal. I met him on a red carpet and he is just a dream. But I'm going to go with Sasha Barncone because I think he is uh, a genius. He is so bold. And when you look back at the Ali G stuff in the early days, you're like, I'm thinking two things. I'm thinking, how did he not laugh and how did he get them to sign a consent form? How? How did he get like, You know about this because, yeah. you know, we've done uh, hidden camera shows yeah. and that kind of stuff. And there's no greater joy. <laughs> than the form being signed. When you're in Wexford, <laughs> in the middle of the street and it's raining and you're running around the street in a guard outfit or something and you do something and you get a great reaction and you get the, the signature. signature. Unbelievable. <sighs> Because some people don't sign. A lot of good stuff gets missed. How does he get people to sign? I don't know how he does that because he's so bold. And my husband kind of looks like him as well. (laughs) (laughs) The woman with the bread knife with the water meter. Oh, yeah. How did she sign? That was just now. That was the most, one of the most phenomenal Irish telly moments. L- listen, I mean, I was scheduled to work for the whole day. I went to the pub after that. (laughs) I was like, we're done here. We are done. Like you go to a place like, I think it was Crumlin. She was out sunbathing and I pretended to, I was going to install a water meter with um, a smaller gentleman. 
let's just say. And uh, she, she said, you're not, you're not bleeding, get that water meter in here. Went into her kitchen, got a knife to stab me. <laughs> and came at me. And I was like, and I, you know when you're in that moment, dear, and you're thinking, this is going to be such good telling. Yeah. You're going to get stabbed. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. No security, nothing. You're just thinking, I go home, we're done, this is amazing. Um, and she was a bit of a, we had a good laugh at her. She had a great sense of humor. I Did think she, she yeah, yeah. was just delighted. I wasn't putting the water meter. Because it was the big thing that was like, da, 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 da. Like, no, we're going to put this in your kitchen, love. She was like, yeah, fuck it, no, yeah, no. Oh no, I have papers here. You signed. You're gonna, um, and all that. So that was is gold. quite a scare. Yeah, it was gold. It was uh, it was great fun. I mean, those those moments. They're just, and that's just people's natural reaction, yeah. you know. But Sasha Baron, that's a different different level, different level of boldness, and to the length he takes the gags. Because there's one thing getting a script and being able to make it your own and telling a joke, but there's a, a different skill in. React, being so good at reacting yeah. to what that person is giving you. And he was just a ge- He is a genius. And the Borat. So, I mean, I was married to Borat a couple of months ago. My husband had a moustache and I felt <laughs> like I was married to Borat. <laughs> okay, Jen, the actress that always makes you laugh. Again, really, really difficult, but I'm going to go with Catherine Tate. Amazing. Because um, I want to be the Nan character. <laughs> When I'm 80, I want to spend my 40s just having a good time, my 50s getting drunk, my 60s telling my children I'm not going to mind their children, and my 70s and 80s giving out about everyone. Oh my God, that's such a good plan. I know. <laughs> I think she is phenomenal. Leo works with her um, on the movie because he was doing stunts and said she's one of the nicest people. And that's always really lovely to, to hear, hear, isn't it? Yeah. But she is just an amazing. And when she does the Irish nurse, yeah, amazing. Deadly. So I love she. I love her. I'm a okay. big fan. The movie that always makes you laugh out loud, Jen. I like really stupid, silly, daft stuff. Um, I think they're timeless and always get panned when they first come out. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, Anchorman, <laughs> Airplane. Just those films that, you know, they have lines in them that resonate years later yeah. and you'll still repeat them. them. You still say them. I love those movies. And it's a, it's a hug to watch them. It is, it is. And they're so silly and so daft. And people would be like, oh, that's not, that's not comedy. That's not funny. And I hate that because comedy for me is like, it's subjective. Yeah. It's like music. I mean, you know, you're, you might love Ed Sheeran, but I might, you know, be into Guns N' Roses. Like it's all subjective. And I don't think we should disregard any of it. No. Really. We shouldn't. Jen, the comedian that always makes you laugh out loud. It depends on who I'm with, okay? Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Because if it's Christmas time and you're with your man and your dad, you're not going to put on Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you're going to put on Peter Kay, <laughs> aren't you? Or Billy Connolly. Yes. Or one of those great storytellers that is clean and everybody is comfortable in the room. Mm. If I'm with Lau, we love Ricky Gervais because he's so bold. And Dave Chappelle and Eddie Murphy's old delirious, all, all that stuff. So it, I, I, li- I love it all. And then we're, I know um, Pauline talked about this as well, but we are blessed with some of the best, mm. you know, Jason Byrne, Deirdre Kane, just phenomenal stand-ups. I don't know how they do it. I think that is, Oh my is, God. Yeah. Uh, the idea of it terrifies me. Or gosh, March. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> and finally, finally, Jen, 
Your best or worst joke, no pressure. Okay, I don't, this isn't a joke. It's more of a thing I heard that I always talk about because I think it's um, perfection, right? Robbie Williams, who I'm not a huge fan of, was on the Graham Norton show and he had just um, had his kid. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Did the lads know? Yeah, he just had his kid and Graham Norton said... What a beautiful experience and it must be lovely and you feel so blessed and what was it like and Robbie Williams said when I was in the labor ward with my wife I never forget watching my child coming out of my wife <laughs> Graham Norton said well what was it what was it like he said it was like watching it's like watching your favorite pub burn to the ground <laughs> That is so beautiful. <laughs> I've had two sections, by the way. So that's why I find it so funny. You can laugh at all. You're laughing. I just thought that was amazing. I thought that was, uh, it was so funny. Um, oh and, and a great line, even though it probably wasn't intended to be funny. <laughs> Jennifer Zambrelli, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on The Laughs of Your Life. I am absolutely buzzing. Are you buzzing? I'm buzzing to work with you. Oh my God. We're going to have such... A great time. We're going to have a ball. You're going to be amazing. Have you been practicing on the stairs? Uh, yeah, there was a stairs today in 2FM that was really steep and I did a pretty good job on You it. were in runners. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot that. Yeah, you were in runners. <laughs> I know the lads, the lads are putting together a fund to get a stair lift. Is that right? They're, they're, they're a chair. Uh, uh, a to, chair to lift. To down the side of it. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. That's the plan. That's the backup plan. But uh, I'll practice in the meantime. Jen, we're going to have an absolute ball, I feel. Yes. And thank you so much for being the final guest of The Last of Your Life. What season are we on? Eight? Of The Last of Your Life season eight. Fucking show off. (laughs) Season eight. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jen. It was great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to The Last of Your Life with Jennifer Zamparelli. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. And of course all of the shows in this season as this was the final episode of season 8 don't forget to like subscribe rate and review it really helps the show if you do tickets for the last of your life live on Wednesday the 12th of April 2023 are on sale now from boardgoshenergytheatre.ie and ticketmaster.ie this podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios and this season of the last of your life has been brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco We'll see you next year for a new season of The Laughs of Your Life.